why I do that. I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm just, you know, yeah, it's okay. Whatever. I'm just nervous. Um, Hi, welcome to the Spooky Succubus cast for another bi-weekly edition. Um, In cast news for today... Rebecca did not have a surprise poo before the podcast, which sometimes does happen, but I did have input trouble, which always happens. So <laughs> one win, On one your loss, bingo cards. <laughs> net neutral for today. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got microphone issues in B4 spot. We have no surprise pooping today, so... Yeah, I mean, I had a couple surprises, you know, in the poop category earlier, but in all general. is clear now. We are... Hot girls have IBS. Good so. to go, yes. We're set. Okay. I'm just getting my, like, com- configurated, you know, <laughs> desktop screen so I can picture see all the Picture in picture. I'm afraid to business. let the input literally, like, go out of my sight because I'm afraid something <laughs> will happen. You got to keep your eye on it like a spider in the house. You're like, I need to know where it is at all times. At all times. So we are an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, intersectional, Marxist, feminist podcast about horror movies. And I'm really excited this week because I don't think we've done a Korean horror movie before. Have we? I was trying to think and no. I mean, I do talk about... Train to Busan Korean? Oh, yeah. We did do Train to Busan. Um, There... I was just thinking that I love Korean horror movies. It's so much more than American horror movies. They're just so good. I think, like, any East Asian horror is, like, any far superior. Any non horror, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like, non-United Statesian horror is good, so. Yes. So, I don't know if this movie was written during the Pani, the Panicata. I know. I because it know. came oh, so out it's based in 2020. On... And it's based on a. An, Wait. I think it's no. based on a short story. Oh no, based on an American horror film called Alone. I have never really? heard of this. That's what that it also says on came out in twenty twenty. Wikipedia. October twenty twenty was the release date. Was it too on the nose? For October twenty twenty. I don't know. This is all sus. This is hashtag We're all suspicious. Up. Released in the UK as final days. Huh. Listen, it's been a stressful day. We're recording on election day and I am it's, harassed. Yeah, like, and okay? I'm like, <laughs> I'm close to the point of turning into a pumpkin. So uh, we'll do our best. So, so um, <laughs> we're doing uh, this week, we're covering hashtag alive. Probably we can just call it alive by um, hashtag. hashtag pound sign alive by um, <laughs> directed by Cho Il Hyung. And um, it is from 2020. Uh, and it's a horror movie. It's cool. It's a zombie it's horror. A zombie, and it's great. I don't know why. We're like really struggling thriller. through this. No, we're going to hit our stride. Don't worry. It's very dramatic. It's, um, I cried. It's very human, for sure. It's it like, is very, I was, I think that's in my notes. I was like, this is way too, I feel too much watching this movie. Um, Cancer. The, Not the disease, the astrological sign. I mean, a disease in a different kind of way. I think 
that the main actor looks so young. I was like, how old are you, sir? Are you, I'm like, I'm confused about how old he's supposed to be. I he's think 36. He's supposed to be, no way. In real life. Did you hear my stomach grumble? It just. No, I didn't. Because I actually was like doing an internal burp at the same time. 36. I was like, he's like 20. He's so young. I was like, okay, so he. I thought he was 20 playing a 16-year-old. He's 36. I think I got like what a What is mid- your skincare regime? <laughs> it's Korean, so it's amazing. Um, <laughs> I was picking up um, like mid-20s kind of like energy. Um, I thought, like, yeah, like early, like early to mid-20s because the whole video gaming thing. Yeah, like low-key. Well, I don't know if they think of like, your worth being based in your ability to work and productivity in South Korea. But I think I mean, sort of. <laughs> the read would be, right. like, deadbeat, you know, child, get up, get a job. Man-child. Man-child, live with parents. Um, but Does he live with his parents, though? Yeah. Where do they sleep? It didn't seem like that big of an apartment. They didn't show the parents' bedroom. They only showed... Yeah. Um, June Woo's bedroom. Yeah. So, shall we get into it? Yeah. Mama's okay. boy. He loves June. his mom. Yeah. I mean, yes. It feels the like mommy in, scene, in a very I was untoxic a little, way. Yeah. It was a very long it fantasy. Was a anyway, we'll get long <laughs> hug. And I think not a fantasy. A like, we'll talk about it. You're being weird <laughs> no i'm just saying it was a long scene it rebecca's was like, having I mean, he's just a mama's boy that's all that's okay it's not bad it's cute i mean i know i'm not like it's i'm candidate not saying bad or that's good cute, but <laughs> bad or good is just statement of fact it's a thing he is a mama's boy okay so uh we open on an apartment in a korean metropolis i think it's intentionally non-specific but i'm like soul that's all i know um, they say Seoul on the TV broadcast, so I thought, like, near it enough. Yeah, anyway. like, and some kind of, like, congested city in South Korea, a.k.a. just Korea, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and we see a bunch of gaming equipment and a snoozing Oh Jun Woo. Um, I'm just going to say up top, it's Jun Woo in the subtitles, but Jun Woo in, like, the billing on IMDb. So I don't know which one it is. I think it's, like... Because in Amer- like in English, it looks in... Because, like, it's also, like, either J-U or J-O-O. Like, they, it's spelled different depending on where you look. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, do, we'll do our best. Um, there's a note from his mumsy, the aforementioned mumsy, uh, that his parents had to leave in a hurry, but they left cash to get groceries because there's no food in the house. Uh, he fires up his gaming computer, but the people that he's gaming with tell him to turn on the television and check out the news. Uh, he sees, like, a second of the broadcast before it cuts out and his phone rings with an emergency alert that civilians are turning violent and attacking each other. He looks outside of his apartment and he sees people rushing to leave the city and running around. It's, like, total chaos. Uh, people are running and being chased and bitten by others as he watches. And he sees a schoolgirl reunite with her mom and give her, like, a long hug and then start to eat her. It's really sad. It's, I mean, so realistic. Like, yeah, scary. Like, it's really scary. 
because I it's think, so... I mean, I, we've seen a lot of zombie movies. We've covered a lot of right. zombie movies. But this one is really, like, I, like, there were moments when I was genuinely scared. Yeah, it's scary. And I think part of it is because, like, we, it's, like, yeah, really human. And the they don't rely just on being disgusting and, like, jump scares. It's, like... You're, we're the, a voyeur on the scene of a mother and daughter being momentarily reunited before they both die tragically. Like, it's... Yeah. And it never, There's like... Emotion. Ex- the shot, it never pans in on them. It stays from that, like, voyeuristic long shot. So it's, like... Mm-hmm. It feels, like, wrong and very upsetting, for sure. Yeah. And, so, like, you're watching a moment that is, like, really private and intimate. And horrible. And uncomfortable. And, like, yeah. 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 They got us. They really did. Yeah, from the get, from two from minutes From the jump. In other units in the building, Jun Woo hears crying and screaming. He incorrectly and unsmartly opens the door to investigate, and a neighbor rushes into the apartment. He says his brother suddenly attacked him and starts to get increasingly agitated. He asks to use the bathroom, and Jun Woo says, like, sure, but please get the fuck no. out after. Bad crime. You just saw a daughter munching on her mom. Like, you You're do gonna not get need... munched. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get munched or crunched. Don't. The broadcast resumes on the TV saying there's an infection spreading rapidly, and the main symptoms are screaming and bleeding of the eyes, and cannibalistic behavior has been reported. Jun Woo grabs a knife and holds it to his neighbor, who has obviously been nibbled on, and he's hiding it badly. He's like, this is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) He's like holding his neck onto his neck to keep it there. Uh, His eyes begin bleeding and he starts to change and he his limbs get really jerky. And another like thing that I thought was really scary is they stay on him. The camera stays on him for a really long time as he's undergoing this like very physically anguishing transformation. And it's we I mean I've seen it in other zombie movies where like as people you know they start to turn into zombies but still have some of their humanism but like it's like he yells no like right before he starts to like contort and convulse and I think right. there, it seems the way it was shot that parts of it and with the other zombies are like sped up and slowed down to make their movements look less human and it's like very effective and very scary. It is super scary. I think I've like I said like a zombie movie hasn't really gotten under my skin like this in a long time. Maybe since I to- first saw Night of the Living Dead, honestly. I know train train to Busan Busan really fucked me up. Oh actually like, yeah, true that. It's like really scary and so so sad. So sad. So, um, the neighbor charges Jun Woo, who manages to push him out the door. Dumb luck. Uh, and through the peephole he sees another infected person attack and like drag away the neighbor. Uh, then we get the opening credits, and it's an extremely groovy song. Good oh, also, banger. before we go any further, there is a content warning for suicide in this movie. Uh, and also, it's on Netflix if you want to watch it and you have access to that platform. But I think it's like... A Netflix like, originale. Yeah, it's a joint, yeah. It's a joint, whatever. Uh, but the song for the opening credits is extremely groovy, so I looked it up, and it's called Sail by Inni, I-N-N-I, for any interested parties. So, 
Um, after the opening credits, Jun Woo is on his couch and he cracks open a cold one and contemplates his situation. Uh, and then he tries to reach his parents and finally receives word that they are safe. And his mother tells him just to do what they say on the TV. He must survive. So he writes a little sticky note to himself that says, I must survive and puts it on a picture of his family. The next morning, he posts a picture with his address to social media uh, with the hashtag I must survive for other survivors to find and um, locate him. He then tapes his phone to a drone and sends it out to do some or he sends the drone has a camera, but he sends his phone with the camera and it gets to like, get this other signal. footage. But yeah, he's trying to get a signal and he nearly gets a call through to his father like the line connects, but then the battery dies. That night, outside, a cop is running around shooting zombies, um, but she becomes overrun. Uh, and then Junwoo watches her get eaten and dragged away by the horde, and he just, like, can't take it anymore. So he calls out to try to distract them, uh, which just alerts them to his presence. Presence, yeah. There's also... It's interesting because we, like, he's our protagonist, and we come in on his perspective and stay with him most of the time, but there are times where the camera comes to the POV of, like, the zombies or of, like, the other survivors that he encounters. Yeah. And it does it with her, and it's, like, really close up on her face, and as she's being dragged away, and, yeah, like, ACAB, but she's she's struggling. I felt for her. It was, like, pretty sad. And I'm, like, I was actually thinking to myself, and I should have looked it up, like, what is the relationship of civilians in Korea to their police force, like... Is it the same as here? Um, she has no, a gun. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's nice and easy and like a a good thought to think of other countries as living outside of like our um, like capitalist, fan, fascist um, oligarchy. But, you know... Korea isn't without its own problems. Like, right. But Korea without its also socio political. Doesn't have like a major, like, military. Vari- major. They have a, like a pretty serious military presence and they have, I believe I, they have like, mandated military service, right? Well, I just meant the, the police are basically a military force. Right. Well, what I was thinking is like, like ours, anyway. Specific to like racial dynamics, there's not the same like. I mean, I don't know much about Korean culture. Obviously, I'm not Korean, and I have never lived there. Um, I know that I follow a couple of very smart Korean creators on TikTok who teach me things. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would assume because they don't have the same sort of, like, racial power imbalance that it is just, like, a different animal, though probably still a corrupt animal. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I don't know anything about anything. Um, and I have a public school education, so. You're a rock star. Come on. Don't say mean things about my friend Rebecca. Aw, but that's the only no- way I know how to survive. I'm burping, like, constantly. Okay. It's the Wegman seltzer. <laughs> it goes hard. Uh, so his screaming has attracted some other visitors and a zombie, another zombie makes it into the apartment, but Junwoo tricks him to dra- like into diving over the railing because he runs for the railing and like jumps off but hangs on and climbs back up and the other one just goes over. I, as I was typing this, I was like, I don't know how to explain this <laughs> like in a way that makes sense. 
Um, so he's smart, and he's kind of stupid. For he's like a movie. he's like a dumb smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while he's hanging out, get it? Hanging, hanging out. But I'm bumped. The zombified cop like meaningfully looks at him. It's really scary. Uh, so back in the apartment, he boards up the house, the windows, and starts to clean up. But then he sees that the zombie that charged in his apartment uh, fucked up the fridge because he had pushed the fridge in front of the door because it's like heavy to keep people that or former people out. Um, and he destroyed all the food when he um, like charged through. So Jun Wu starts drinking his father's liquor to survive. Uh, he I would have done that days. I would have. Oh, day one. Yeah, day one drinking. Um, he On the TV, he sees a commercial for ramen and goes to the cabinet for some instant noodles that he saved and labeled as the Last Supper. And he just, like, goes to town on them. Um, it made me get up and get a snack, actually. <laughs> it did, like, the slurping really brought it home. It yeah. sounded and looked very good. Uh, the running water is now gone and morale is pretty low. So it's day 10. Uh, he's not looking well. He's like pretty much completely out of food and water. And on day 15, he starts to get like so fucked up that he's hallucinating. And this is where another groovy tune plays. This one is called Break by Benzino. B-E-E-N-Z-I-N-O. For interested parties. This one's more, it's like a little hip hop inspired. Yeah. Opening is like almost like nine inch nails. Like it's like I was thinking of like rock. P- Portis head or something. Yeah. Yeah. And this one has like and they say a few lines in English. This uh, one's like it's like the kind of hip hop song that's like really cheesy, but you're like, I still really like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like pop hip hop. It's like Yeah. Modern. So June hallucinates that his family has come home, uh, but then he comes to and is, like, pretty devastated. And this is where the aforementioned mommy hug occurs, which lasts for, like, a long time. And he, like, sniffs her. It's kind of (laughs) weird. He's, like, breathing into her neck, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just lingering. It was just a lingering scene. It was a long hug. That's all I'm saying. It's not a bad thing to be a mama's boy. It's okay to be a mama's boy, but he is one. Okay, yeah. Established. Heard. <laughs> so he has a mini psychotic break uh, and then wakes up to a voice memo from his mom. And he goes to listen to it, but he can't hear it. So he climbs out on the railing to get enough service to listen, only to discover that the audio his, is of his family being overrun and attacked. He goes back inside and has another mental breakdown and then heads out into the hallways with a golf club uh, to do zombie murders. Outside, he finds the neighbor that he met on the first day completely infected and noshing on a torso. Uh, and Junwoo quickly becomes surrounded but is able to hide and scoot back inside. On day 20, he starts to see explosions across the river. I said he's looking good for having had no... Food or water for many days. Um, clean. Her. He looks honestly so fine. So clean. Um, when he does another vlog recording to post to social media. Uh, so I think in like day 25, he's like, I'm hanging myself. I'm like done here. So he is like, has just, you know, released the chair under his feet and is starting to like lose his breath when a laser pointer starts to come into the apartment. 
the pointer. Um, yes, you look concerned. Sorry, no, yeah, it was just my notes went out for a second. Oh, that's They're back. Don't worry, I was, I was like, like, ah, I call police. Just kidding, I never would, even if you were dying in front of me. <laughs> He's like, okay, bye. Bye. Nice knowing you. <laughs> no, that would be traumatizing and something that would happen in this movie. Uh, yeah, that's true. You just, like, see zombies come in. Kyle's in here, too, so then you would also have to watch Kyle. Oh, God. Do you think that if you died in your apartment, Kyle would eat you if you just, like, were left there? Maybe. She's an outdoor cat. She's yeah, beautiful. she's a street cat. I think my pet. She'd probably attack the dog first. Bartleby would die, laying next to me. I think he would. He would die. Yeah, just like well, they're gone. What else can I do? Gotta go. Poor baby. This took a dark turn. Anyway, (laughs) I won't murder you. I won't murder anyone. If you die in front of me, I'll call the cops. You'll call call somebody. I'll call the fire department. I mean, or don't. I'm already gone. Oh, okay. Well, we've established that. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, oh, he's hanging himself. He's currently hanging, yeah. We probably started diverting because this is hard to talk it's about. It's sad. Honestly. Um, so he sees a laser pointer coming into the apartment, and it points to art on the walls that has, like, uh, Korean characters. And he points, it points to hello, and then the characters ba, bo, as in... Moron. Idiot. Yes. So, sorry. I think I skipped the part where he cut himself down. So, he's he's cut he cut himself down or, like, got out of the noose. So. He was, like, because he saw the laser pointer. And then and he was, then like. he starts grabbing at his neck. And then it, like, it's only from a ceiling fan. So, like, he, it breaks. It just breaks and falls down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back to business. Uh, and then he sees a woman at an apartment across the way and waves to her. Um, she indicates that they should meet and, like, balcony chat the next morning at 7 a.m. So her name is Kim Yubin, and she's rocking out in her apartment with a chair spear booby trap, which is very cool, uh, carefully rationed water and a fort. Um, this is something that she does the entire movie that makes me crazy, though. She's watering. She has limited access to fresh water in a zombie apocalypse, and she is watering a snake plant, famously the only kind of plant that you can literally ignore and starve, and it will still be fine. And it will do better than if you watered it. Every she day. gives her own drinking water to the snake plant three times within, like, I mean, it's like twenty days. Girl. I haven't given my. I haven't even looked at my snake plant in three months. That's how they and like it's it. Yeah, fine. They don't want you to look at them. They're Please like, leave me leave alone. Me alone. <laughs> So, but otherwise, extremely self-sufficient. I mean, frankly, June was in in luck because she's, you know, able to handle things. Although they're a good duo. Yeah, he's dumb, she's smart. That's and, good. But, like, he's got a lot of heart, you know? He has a lot of heart, yeah. And he's lovable. He's very lovable. He's so cute. And she's a little uh, scared. She's, like, a very sheltered person. Yeah. yeah. So the next morning, Jun Woo has seriously overslept his 7 a.m. meeting time and dejectedly busts out onto the balcony. But she's there and she comes out and she's like, dude, 7 a.m. tomorrow. And they exchange names and Jun Woo kind of just like loses his marbles and fumbles the bag. 
Um, She's not eaten in days and days and days. Unfortunately, in her apartment, a zombie has become impaled on her booby trap, so she finishes him off with an axe to the head. Like, the cleanup must just be awful. Trying to just, like, live in your apartment. She's got to shove him out into the hallway. (sighs) So annoying, yeah. Uh, In her... It rains the next day and they collect water and Junwoo does manage to make their 7 a.m. appointment and he's extremely hungry. She notices so she tries to throw a baseball with a cord attached to it to make a zip line but it drops. But then Junwoo drones a cord over and they manage to make the line. She slides him a cooler with food and water um, but down below a zombie firefighter has clocked the baseball and is holding the cord and gazing up at Yubin. He pulls the cord, which he, she's attached to her table, and he the table slides across the floor and knocks her out, and then he has the leverage to climb up because it's leaning against the railing. Uh, so she's out, and she can't, like, fix it. And so Junwoo goes into gamer mode <laughs> and zooms the drone over, like, around the zombie's head to distract him. Uh, unfortunately, he catches the drone in his hand and crushes it very ominously. But it was Yubin, very King Kong. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, but Yubin like wakes up and cuts him down with her hatchet, and that crisis is thusly averted. So, again, Junwoo is really low on food, so he suits up to go get supplies from his neighbor's apartment. Uh, he finds the aforementioned neighbor's body in the hallway and grabs the keys out of it. Uh, Inside, there's another infected body, but it's otherwise quiet. Uh, He sees photos and it's like of the family and it's sad. Um, And also finds out that they were avid campers slash hikers. So they have some pretty useful knickknacks, including a set of walkie talkies. This neighbor, I know this neighbor neighbor will not quit. He's like, he is like the energizer zombie. He just keeps coming back. So God, I need to talk to you. Like, about sir, your, your car is extended. Your car's warranty. warranty. Extended yeah. warranty. Yeah. So neighbor busts back in for like the 80th time, and they do like a wrestling it was, match. I got scared. I was it like, came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, literally. I was like, Jinwoo, did you not close and lock the door, you dumb motherfucker? <laughs> like, He's fucking dumb. <laughs> like that's why he makes stupid decisions sometimes. Thankfully, he narrowly escapes. Uh, but I ha- he didn't get much. Like. I was just getting crazy because if I was doing that search, I would have been so much more methodical. Like, bam, bam, bam. He was just like, he leaves a lantern. Leaves a lantern. Uh, They have like way more food than he can. Carabiners and, yeah, ropes and I I don't know. Ridiculous. That was like, they just so much stuff in there. Should have moved in there. Right. But, you know, there is a corpse. Being comfortable in your space is important. Uh, So he was able to grab a cord that has a headphone jack, um, which he has like some radio app on his phone that he's trying to make work. But nothing comes through. I don't even really know why I wrote it down because it's not important. So he sends the cooler back to you, Ben, with the walkie talkie in it. And they start chatting back and forth. Uh, they talk about Junwoo's suicide attempt, and it's revealed to the viewer that Yubin tried to do the same thing. Uh, they change the subject and cook noodles together in their respective apartments, and they bond. Um, Junwoo thinks he hears it raining, but it's airborne zombie repellent, uh, so they rush inside to the apartment buildings. 
Um, you totally froze. I just kept like... talking expertly. I was just like, I'm just okay, gonna great. keep going. I didn't stop recording. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, you might hear me go. Uh, I can't uh, hear you. Hello. And then, uh, hello. So you can just cut that out. Adam, I saw you freezing, I but necessary. I was like, I'm going through. <laughs> Your little thing went red. I couldn't hear a thing you were saying. Anyway, I'm sure it was great. I'll, okay, so I'll hear we were, it later. We were just talking about um, how they're cooking noodles together. So uh, and they're bonding. sesame oil. So then, um, as they cook the noodles, Jun Wu thinks he hears it raining, but it's like airborne zombie repellent or something. Like they're being like crop dusted. I, <laughs> I don't know why they're all rushing into the apartment. I didn't get that. I don't know. I don't so understand. the rain is like toxic or something. It's like government engineered toxic rain, acid rain, uh, to kill the zombies. I think so. They rush into the buildings. Um, Yubin gets startled and knocks over a shelf, and they start to come towards her unit. But then Jun Wu uh, distracts them by calling like the internal phone apartment phone and the that's unit so cool. next to hers yeah i was like what that's awesome i would also just call every single unit what else are you doing all day long like just to anyone see who's in there. anyone yeah exactly Hello. so Hello. uh the duo packs up yubin says the eighth floor of jun Wu's apartment building looks pretty empty so they decide to go there uh yubin repels down crosses the lot like punching and fucking slashing at zombies badass um, she spots the cop's gun and tries to get to it, but she's tackled by a number of zo- another zombie that kind of, like, munches on her, tries to munch on her. It's very near miss, but Junwoo grabs the gun. He's, like, at some point come down his, like, sheet rope that you see in, like, you know, slumber <laughs> parties and <laughs> grabs the gun and shoots it, and they make it into the building and go up the elevator. I understand why they went up the elevator because time is of the essence. But I just like imagine if you get fucking stuck in an elevator in the zombie apocalypse. They have already said that they'd rather starve to death to death than get attacked by zombies. So I guess they'd rather go out that way. But in an but elevator, I'm just, how are there no zombies in this elevator? Like Maybe. I know he let them out like in his like initially in his when he first came out for his like revenge. Yeah, I mean they and it family. says they know how to do like basic functions on the news. Like when they come back to like, and they're repetitive. Yeah, they're, like, old houses. Yeah, and stuff. so you yeah. would think people would be pressing or former people would be pressing the button. But no. But nay. All right, so the horde arrives, but they can't get into any. The uh, duo can't get into the, any of the apartments. So Jun Wu like holds them off while Yubin tries doors, but they're both grabbed and pulled into the apartment, um, into an apartment by Wilson from Home Improvement, but Korean because he has his hat on. He's got a mask. <laughs> and the mask. Up, so and you can you can't see it. his yeah, mouth. Yeah, this part so Wilson asks them questions, but they're wary of him. Uh, but they have food and water, uh, so they like just kind of put their defenses down. Wilson says there's enough food to last until the rescue team comes, but um, Junwoo and Yupin are incredulous. They didn't know um, it was on the news, but they missed it. And Junwoo is very like adorably overcome with happiness. Uh, Yubin sees baby stuff around the apartment and realizes it's not Wilson's place and they start to feel funny. Uh, Junwoo passes out and it turns out they were drugged. Wilson puts zip ties around both their wrists and drags Yubin into the nursery and locks her in. This is like the scariest part of the movie. Yubin wakes up. It is up. very scary. 
next and to a little misogynistic, but we'll get into a it little bit. We will talk about it. Uh, Yubin wakes up to a restrained zombie, uh, Wilson's wife. She tries to get away, but from like the other side of the hallway, Wilson is slowly releasing the slack so that his wife can get towards Yubin. Um, he's getting off on this. It's disgusting. Like, yeah. It's pretty weird. And Wilson gross says and she's been starving for days and he has no choice but to feed her Yubin. Jun Wu wakes up, so like, what did you drug them with? Like Pedialyte? Yeah, <laughs> like what happened here? Yeah. Cause he also drank the same water. It's probably in the cups, is what I yeah. but what is it? Yeah, Zequel? Like what did you put in there that <laughs> they're on. like, it's like oh, wait. Benadryl? <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> It's like half a dose of Benadryl. Uh, so he calls to Yubin and Wilson asks him if it's so wrong to save his wife and tells Junwoo that they're both killers and then releases the lead. Junwoo goes to grab the lead, uh, but Wilson grabs a knife and tries to convince Junwoo to leave Yubin and go free. Uh, Junwoo uses control, uh, loses control of the uh, lead and all goes quiet in the nursery. Wilson unlocks the door and his wife rushes out, charges him, and bites his neck, and Yubin is unharmed. He comforts her as she gnaws on him. It's extremely heartbreaking. And Yubin cries and shoots them both, which draws the attention of the horde. So sad. I was like, really, really crying. And the husband, the masked survivor guy, is like, yeah, he's like, Wilson. Like touching her hair, <laughs> Wilson. And he's like, I'm sorry, I failed you. It's okay. I love you. Like, it's so, so sad. And I would probably, nah, I wouldn't feed innocent humans to zombie Caesar, but I would think about it. I would definitely consider No, it. I don't think I would. I'd be like, <laughs> I guess we can find some, like, house pets. Zombie house pets. I think I would have to, yeah, like, Shaun of the Dead, the whole situation. The thing is, this has always bothered me about zombie movies, is why don't they ever eat a human completely? Like, they never go all the way. Like, you always see that person show up later as a zombie, like, relatively intact, but you would think right. when they, like, like the cop, they all swarm on the cop, but then she's like, I'm fine. She, like, prances out as a, like, newly minted zombie. I'm like, they're really not, like, getting enough nutrition. Right. They're looking to convert. They're Christians. You know, He's zombie, risen. Yeah. They're, it's a metaphor for Christianity. Because they want <laughs> as many converts <laughs> as possible. Also, excuse me. Why don't you ever see baby zombies? Little like why? Like, where are the they, toddlers? The babies, babies are like they eat. If them. you take a bite out of an arm, then they're gone. That's yeah, it. it's like basically the whole so, baby. Yeah, true. Uh, and remember that like famous opening scene in The Walking Dead? There's like that little girl. That's like the youngest zombie we've ever. She seen. She was like eleven. Yeah. Still a little girl. Come on, give me some really young kids. A <laughs> little toddler zombie. Yeah, it'd be so cute. Or when we did um, Little Monsters, there were there were children like little children zombies. Oh, that's true. They were cute. So I'm waddling. Um, you guys can't see it, but it's really cute. So. Um, Yubin hands Jun Wu the gun and asks him to kill her. Really, she asks him with like her eyes. Um, but like, She's kill crying, yourself. But, 
<laughs> I'm also like, I understand that they like are proud people and they don't want to become on, you know, dehumanized. Right. Yeah. But there are chances like you're really just, there's food in there. Like I, you're jumping the gun. Literally. Just shove like, the two bodies just... off the railing. <sighs> like you could live for a little bit longer. You never Maybe know what's going to happen. Maybe don't go in the nursery. Then... It's a little traumatizing in there. But... Seems a little scary. But and then we get the DSS X fucking helicopter like just in time. But like you didn't even give it. Give it. You know. Let your adrenaline come down. Let your heart yeah, rate right. slow. Like... You're not thinking rationally yet. Don't ask this, like, golden retriever man to do this. Like, yeah. He's struggling. It's really, To even like, hold the gun. It's, like, a really yeah. good, uh, like, the way he's, like, turning red and just, like, shaking. It looked really real to me. when He's, he's a really good actor. He's a good actor. Uh, even when he was, like, dancing alone and, like, I was, was like, like crying in the fetal position. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was, like, really realistic. Just taking a deep breath. Oh no, I'm gonna yawn. <gasps> deep breath it led to a yawn. So he agrees to do it, but he's like weeping and like emotionally destroyed. But as he's about to pull the trigger, he hears helicopters overhead. They run to they see the helicopters like come circling the city and they run to the rooftop, zombie murdering as they go. Uh, the horde chases them, and Yubin gets trapped, but Junmu saves her and holds off the horde in the hallway with a bicycle. He tells her to go and flag down the chopper. Get you the chopper! That I wrote down, get to the chopper! <laughs> of course. That's exactly what I thought. When she gets upstairs to the roof, the uh, helicopters are gone, and she's extremely despondent. Uh, meanwhile, Junwoo is close behind and also realizes the chopper's gone, so they both start to yell out that they're alive and there are survivors here, just as the horde breaks through. Just as the horde's about to reach them at the edge of the roof, uh, they hear that a chopper arrive and it saves them. In the air, their phones start to ping with messages, and the rest they hear that the rescue squad has been tracking survivors based on their social media posts. And they make it out alive. Fiend. Hashtag alive. Hashtag alive. Um, this movie definitely should have been called Hashtag I Must Survive because that's what his picture says. Um, and I don't, I mean, I, yeah, either get rid of the hashtag or call it Hashtag I Must Survive. I don't, I don't think know. that I like the hashtag because I feel silly saying Hashtag Alive, frankly. Hashtag. Hashtag. TBT, hashtag BFF, hashtag zombies. Hashtag um, zombies. Oh, where should we start with this? Like, first of all, highly recommend. Um, normally, it was really good. It was a good watch. It is, like, pretty emotionally destructive. So if you're feeling that seasonal D, that big seasonal D, uh, maybe don't jump in until you're in a better headspace. But, um... Yeah, it was good. They're real. Both actors were really great, and uh, I loved their chemistry. Yeah, they had good chemistry. Um, I can't seasonal depression in Arizona. Does oh yeah, exist. you don't it have that there. Yeah, <laughs> fucking gorgeous outside right now. It's like this is the time. Like it's so nice out right now. But uh, must be nice. I mean, you don't have to. It's not 120 in Boston ever. So, you know, it's that. But 
and it's okay. just barely okay. Today was still eighty. But. Um, we actually had a like weird warm, warm spell here, which maybe you heard about. It was like seventy five degrees over the weekend. Right, weird. No, it's you know the end of the world, but I guess I'll enjoy it. Truly. It's even cold here for Phoenix. It was like in the 40s um, at night the other day. That sounds nice. Yes, but it's atypical. It's not like, that's not a normal thing to happen in the desert in October. Well, climate apocalypse is upon us. Um, It's wild. Yeah, I need to know when this movie is written because it came out like, like, and I think if maybe it had cut, it had come out now, it would be more popular because I didn't hear a lot about it when it re- was released. I think because it was too on the nose. It no, was like I didn't hear. Too close I think to probably exactly people had what a we hard were time experiencing. Watching it. Yeah, when it first because they are stuck in their living spaces, which is what all we were like everyone around the world globally was doing for months at a time. It's um, actually pretty prescient. Yeah. Um, so Korean horror, lots of parallels with J-horror, but they had, it had sort of a resurgence in the late 90s, and what's interesting about this movie is that typically, um, Korean horror, particularly ghost stories, are categorized a lot like J-horror and Thai horror, are, they're categorized by the, like, the vengeful female ghost, but you don't really have that in this movie because there are no ghosts. But my argument is that Wilson's wife kind of, like, fulfills that, um, like, archetype in, in a, a hashtag alive. Sort of. Yeah, right. She's, like... She's wordless. Uh, She's non Scary. Scary, thin lady with glassy eyes and, like, matronly flowing clothes on. And she, like, she isn't driven by... Like, vengeance or revenge, but she is driven by, like, a very, ba- like, similar base kind of need, which is hunger. Um, so I think there's, like... And just... she serves to humanize a man. She serves to make exactly. a man more emotionally available. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, disgusting. I never should have taken my glasses Your glasses. <laughs> now I'm in Get trouble. You. Uh-oh. Hold on They're one coming, second. God together. damn it. It's the hair and the headphones. Ah. I'm wearing my contacts today. Must be nice. Actually, I mean, um, I shouldn't say that. I could get contacts if I wanted to, but I've just never made that choice. I, I like being able to wear both. And when I was, because I worked like four days in a row, and I like... Not intentionally, but just, I don't know, because I this is what I normally do. I, like, one day I was wearing glasses with my hair up, and then the next day I had no glasses and my hair was down. And one of the barbacks was like, you look so different every day. You cut, you look totally different every day you come in. Never That's let good, them know your less, next move. Yeah. Right? And like that way they mysterious. can never, like, find you if you commit a crime or something. Exactly. Um... <sighs> But yeah, she does serve to humanize the survivor, Wilson, as you've dubbed him. Well, I mean, and I think she... it's better than Masked Man, if you're asking me. Masked? He's like, he only wears a mask for a little while. Like one second. I... But I mean, he only looks like Wilson for like one second also. <laughs> but... I'm confused about how... So he broke into this apartment, 
had his wife munch a crunch on probably the, the residents. Yeah. How did he get all that food though? Like, did they have it there? Like, I don't where know. Did I get, get the vibe that he's kind of from. like a scavenger, and maybe he was going around to like other apartments and stuff like that. I get. He does have smoke bombs and stuff. He but... has smoke bombs, and he has a Wilson outfit. Um, so he seems scrappy to me. I would have liked it better if he was just a psychopath without fridging, you know, the dead, scary ghost wife. Like, because it feels, it would, you know, like, psychopaths exist now in our society. They would still exist during the zombie apocalypse. They would just use it to their advantage. Right. And that's where I thought it was going. And I thought that was kind of interesting and, like, scary that, like, there's some, like, random guy still having these, like, compulsions. At the end of the world, basically. Right, yeah, to, like, capture people and drug them. And I thought he was just torturing her for his own amusement. But... I kind of had a feeling, actually. That the, that a dead wife was coming? Yeah, I feel like this isn't the first time I've seen this trend in a zombie movie. Right, yeah. You have to have somebody dead who comes comes back to life, or, like, you see them as a zombie, so it's, Isn't yeah. that a thing in uh, The Walking Dead? There was, like, a season where the governor was, like... Oh, yeah, he, he, he had his, his daughter. daughter. Yeah, so... The guy was only one eye, right? Yeah, yeah the one eye guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think same, like... On the one hand, it was, like, extremely heartbreaking, and it was... You know, right. it was, like, a very impactful scene to watch. But on the other hand, it also could have been, like, a wife keeping her husband alive in the same way. And it right. would have had the same was... impact, less than misogyny. So it just seems, like, pretty intentional to fridge that woman and, like, push her into kind of, like, an East Asian horror archetype. Um, because that is just something that crops up, like, really frequently and is a staple, much like, you know, we have our problematic staples here in the States. But I think, I don't know, that was just the sense I got that it was like, we just have to add this little, like, morsel, you know? <laughs> right. And that, like, we can all, only one woman is has survived this apocalypse and she's a badass and no other women of any Me other, like, ilk are fill, allowed to exist right. in this space. Yeah, exactly. To fill some sort of survivor role. Yeah. Um, um, so. But, oh, go ahead. Tell me. Tell me more. No, no, no. no. I was, I'm just excited. No, 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 no. I don't know what I was going to say. Well, I think, yeah, it is a little bit on the misogynistic side for sure. I think, like, there are so many ways that this, it could have been, like, two brothers it could have been two sisters it could have been Mm -hmm. like a parent and child like there are so many iterations of like a meaningful relationship where someone feels the compulsion to keep a loved one alive past like and the point of any hope where it doesn't have to be like a husband protecting and nourishing his wife because she's absolutely helpless without him which she wouldn't be helpless just let her go you know she'll be fine she would be fucking (laughs) thriving you're the one he's like she's starving you're the one starving her bro let her outside gross legit so I learned. So okay, I'm taking this like kind of awful um, nonprofit certification course in my regular nine to five life, but because it is um, done through this like organization that is in partnership with Tufts, 
I get access to the Tufts library. So I was like, well, 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 what if I went over and Googled Korean or, you know, I looked on JSTOR for Korean horror and I learned some really interesting things. Would you like to hear a little bit about it? I am on the edge of my seat. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So the book I, uh, this article is uh, from is called Korean Horror Cinema, edited by, unfortunately, two white people, Allison Pierce and Daniel Martin, and it was mm. <laughs> published in 2013. Um, but the article that I focused on is called Apartment Horror, Sorum and Possessed by Nikki J.Y. Lee. Uh, and it is extremely interesting because there is a lot about Korean apartment culture that I didn't know that, like, fits in kind of perfectly with the constraints of this movie. So... Uh, as you may know, the Korean War occurred in the 50s, and the Korean, like, government was in, like, pretty se- severe disarray um, afterwards, and there was a student, like, protest to overthrow the, like, sort of corrupt government, which left a power vacuum, which was swiftly occupied by the dictator Park Chung-hee, who ruled for, like, many, many years, calling himself president, but he was also just, like, kind of a military dictator uh so Mm. he did push through a lot of like rapid economic progression during his presidency um, but this was made possible through subjugating the lower classes and like severe political repression during that time but these authoritarian state governments started pushing construction of these like massive multiple unit apartment buildings in the name of economic progress during this time so this was a way of like essentially incentivizing people that already have means to kind of have more means and connect with like modernity, cleanliness and the modern world while also widening the wealth gap and subjugating the working class and lower middle class and low cl- like not, you know, um, under-resourced like communities more and more. So very interesting stuff. And also um, according to a th- 2010 census, Almost, like, over 40% of Korean families do live in apartments, especially in, like, urban centers. So there mm-hmm. are just, like, so many apartments. And they are all, like, really similar to this because these buildings, like, exactly like the one featured in this movie, just went up, like, thousands upon thousands of buildings exactly like this. Um, so it is, like, a really specific part of, like, housing culture in the way that, the Victorian kind of like haunted mansion springs out of like housing insecurity during like in Victorian England, the apartment Mm -hmm. horror springs out of like this push for modernity, like forsaking all else, you know, in the name of progress and having these like bajillions of sleek apartment buildings. Crazy. Right. And being like the proximity of your neighbors. Exactly. And while also being isolated from the community. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head because the entire, you're so smart. (laughs) The entire conceit of apartment horror is that it is both a public and a private space. So it's neither one completely. So you're in extremely close proximity to your neighbors, but this is also supposed to be like a safe space for you. So that like sort of disruption to the home and to like your pod creates like this unsafe vulnerable space much like a haunted victorian mansion so 
Korean horror focuses a lot on spatial relationships. And I think you notice it in a lot of like, you know, East Asian horror movies. You notice like the attention to detail in people's homes, like the very specific way that they shoot the spaces because it's like this movie and other apartment horror movies focus on the spatial relationship and the discomfort created by this like inherent spatial relationship that exists within an apartment to create this like tension and like heighten your fear. Um, And I feel like, go ahead. Even in like parasite, it's a very much about living conditions and proximity to other people. Well, and proximity to wealth and like, Mm-hmm. That modernity and that, like, you know, ideal being just out of reach because of these, like, social barriers created by the caste system there. Super interesting. And when you really, like, start to hone in on these markers, you see so much. Because, like, even the opening shot establishes Junwoo's, like, deep-rooted relationship with his space. Like, his bed, his gaming computers. Like, he wakes up in this space and the entire movie kicks off, like from him going from his, like, safe space in his room to, like, moving into the rest of the apartment and the world and finding out, like, that everything has gone to shit, essentially. Um, And then at the end, we see the narration point to um, the people that lived in these apartment buildings and these metropolitan areas being the most vulnerable, especially apartment complexes. Any feedback? I could go on. I mean, it does definitely make sense that, uh, because even in, like, major American cities, is like, you're right on top of people who you absolutely don't know. And when you, the, his neighbor comes in, he's like, in the beginning, he's like, I've seen you before. I live literally right next door to you. Um, I'm from, you know, and it's his first encounter during the zombie apocalypse is this huge disruption to like this. His his safety. Yeah, exactly. Box. And And, yeah, Yubin like also has like her space is very carefully tended to. She has like all of these markers of her personality and yet she kind of like re-navigates them. So they become this little like, you know, quarantine pod, like her fort and like all of the things that make her feel you know, like, a person, like, still human. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, one big marker of that or is snake plant. stupid overwatered plant. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, and that they can, they have lived across the, I don't know, this little square like from each other feet. for yeah. how long. Yeah. And just now they're able to connect. And they have, like, it definitely feels romantic. They don't ever kiss or do anything and it might just be like a sort of like friendship that they're bonding a sort of platonic love that they have for each other but um even still like they definitely have a connection and a chemistry with each other that they are only now through this disruption able to have with each other yes and that's another marker of apartment horror is the spatial relationships and like the tightness And, like, sort of discomfort of being in such tight quarters pushes you into, like, contact and entanglements that you wouldn't normally, like, you know, be exposed to because it's all focused on just, like, the constraints of space and the constraints of who you're in that space with. Right. Super interesting. So interesting. Um, 
And it, definitely an interesting way to think about the zombie apocalypse is like he could survive and just starve to death instead of turning and into just a be zombie like if suffocated by his own apartment and isolation. his own limitations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and even in the beginning, it definitely feels like he's been isolated. Like he's isolated in his gaming and his technology. Um, he's not with his family. He opted, excuse me, I just burped so loud, um, opted to stay by himself. He um, also has, and, like, this alter ego that lives on social media and online, so right. he's, like, protecting his actual self in this, like, little cocoon that is his apartment and his room, specifically. Right. Um, I was going to say something about other Korean and East... Asian horror movies is uh even in the ring or Ringu when we did that one it was a lot about like the spaces and where they lived and the vacation home and the, yeah totally e- and like even the cinematography of like seeing all the different windows as we're panning up in the drone of like every looking to everyone else's little boxes as we're coming up and like the tragedies inside of them I just had a mini heart attack because the bed started shaking and I forgot Frankie was on it. And I was like, whoa, ah, zombie. A zombie. Well, thank I, you for letting me get on my high horse because I read a single article. <laughs> thank you for reading a single article. I'm so proud of you. I read zero articles. So, um, listen, that. it's all about access to resources. Like, Whenever, I only had JSTOR when you had JSTOR. Now whenever Tufts takes away this, like, special access code I got, I'm going to be back to being, like, a certified dumbass. So you know, y'all have that to look forward to. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, there's always the library. I love the library. So do you think the, um, like, social commentary bit, because that's another, like, big marker of of Korean horror is like there's the element of social commentary but I felt like it was so ham-handed at the end there when they were like the survivors were found through social media and like the posts all start to pop up I was like wait was that what this was about because I thought I saw him post on social media like two times you know I could have done without all of that I don't I feel (laughs) like it was it was a little um maybe it was more integral to the plot and then they cut it down but i yeah like there was like maybe 30 full seconds of yeah also maybe there were communication we were like missing because they weren't like displaying all of the information in the messages or the social posts because obviously we can't read korean but i was like what i think (laughs) something got lost you know yeah in translation and i and i i think it was a good enough story without it and i think yeah you don't, like, technology is so hard. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't like any, not any, but I don't like most modern horror movies. I just, like, I just watched Barbarian and I. Oh, did you? I was. Truly. I heard it was kind of, kind of silly. You really didn't like well, it? Well, I got so many, oh God. I want, Caesar, because I got so many recommendations from TikTok from It Betrayed Me, The Clock betrayed me and i the clock will do that yeah and caesar and i was like i was like let's watch a movie and he's like oh yeah i've seen a lot about that too and we were both just like what the fuck is going on and it's like a mom it's written and directed by right 
There is mommy baby tropes, but it's written and directed by a white guy, and just never trust a white guy. I should have Googled the writer director before I started watching it. I'm just going to read the plot it. right now, and I just, like, don't think I'm going to end up watching it. <sighs> but it's so hard to, like, uh, you know, handle technological advances without either being heavy-handed, um, ham-fisted with it, or making it the entire plot, like, with something like host or... Um, unfriended. The first sentence in this plot description leads me to believe that this is racist. Tess Marshall books a remote house it's in, definitely a, in a rundown racist. neighborhood of Detroit. Like, okay. <laughs> um, it's definitely racist. Uh, spoiler alert, a unnamed black man who is living unhoused in the movie dies at the hands of a light-skinned black woman and a white guy and a white lady. So, nice. Love it. Love it. Perfect. Put a stamp on it. A white guy is not the one to tell a story about gentrification in, in Detroit. Detroit. Okay? Yeah, That's like, end of sentence full stop. Is he and I like from Detroit? I don't know. It didn't feel like it because it felt so fucking ridiculous. No, like, he's from I'm... Arlington, Virginia. What a fucking dick. <sighs> yeah, um, it was bad, and I hated it. Uh, every you heard it here first, folks. TikTok I don't like to the you. look of this And those people face. who told you that Barbarian was good are either lying or fucking stupid. Because Arlington, a bad movie. Virginia is an extremely affluent area of the country, filled with like foreign diplomats and like the highest paid people in our shitty government so i feel like you shouldn't be talking about detroit you dumb bitch fuck dumb Zach bitch Kreger. you're not nina da costa you can't talk about gentrification yeah. in, in a mostly in a largely shit. black area and then he moved to brooklyn um, after brooklyn new york after arlington virginia so maybe shut the fuck up zach what a trust fund baby who he also was one of the writers who gave him He's done like four movies before this, or like four. He's his a IMDb streamer. And he used to do that sketch comedy show, Whitest Kids You Know. Do you remember that? From I the do. 2000s? I do remember it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And I just like, why do we let white guys do whatever they want and get away with it? And everyone pretends that they're good movies. They're not. Uh, okay, like, Ty West, it's a bad movie. To screen queen Sarah Paxton. So that explains some things. Who? Sarah Paxton. She's got she's like a B horror extra actress. She was in The Innkeepers, directed by Ty West, your favorite boyfriend. I fucking hate her. I Ty think West. she's in Barbarian too. She's like the wafy, stringy blonde woman. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, we've diverged from the topic. I think the, the takeaway is... <sighs> I forgot what is... I was talking about this. Oh, yeah, the technology. <laughs> I think the takeaway is we should be watching more J-horror, K-horror. All East Asian horror is, like, just far superior to the shitty versions we make over here. The shitty racist versions with, like, filled with erasure. So, yeah, I've yeah. read about, like, a whole bunch of movies in the one art the single article I read that I think we should we should watch. Um, and um, any final takeaways on hashtag alive? Um no, I think yeah, I think it was had, you know, touches of misogyny. I think that um the mommy trope was alive and well. 
even in this movie, even in Korea, everybody's a mommy. I'm so tired um, of mommies. Yeah, you've been, like, you've been mommy you, the shit out of Junwoo. He would have died. Um, yeah, she is, definitely fills the Mary Jane of it all. She mm-hmm. is smart, resourceful, a badass, um, but then still has to get damseled um, by, and nearly eaten so that he can save her. Um, even though he's the dumber of the two and definitely needs more saving. Um, but I think because she fills that Mary Jane role, she is less human than him. And we, of course, come in on him. He's our protagonist. And while I love him and I think he's very charming and adorable. He's a um, goof. I think his mom did everything for him. So he doesn't know how to be a person. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's unfortunate and sad that, um, Yubin didn't get the same sort of characterization and character development that he did simply because she has a vagina and he's got a penis. So, um, as just like, it's the sort of the exact same thing that we saw in the movie we did before this in Fright Night that like, we have a, a young man who's allowed to sort of like fill many roles and be flexible with like his emotions uh, and his character development. And we see a full arch while the woman he's paired with is without flaws, without development, a perfect human and therefore less human and less realistic and less relatable. The end. The end. The brand. Sorry, I'm reading the plot to Barbarian and, like, I'm going like this. And cringing. Ew. <clears throat> Ew. All right, so you can find us at spooky succubus underscore cast on Instagram. And there you can connect to our Lincoln tree where you can go ahead and clicky click on that Patreon. <laughs> and you can subscribe for either one, three, or five dollars each month and get a whole bunch of stuff. If you subscribe at the two dollar level or above, you'll get access to our spooky book club. And we are doing Frankenstein for the month of November. So we're gonna eight, read it. Eight. Yeah. I'm gonna read it. You're I'm definitely read it. <laughs> I'm for reading sure. it. I'm gonna get it right now. I'm <laughs> not, but we're actually I'm like, getting there really short it's like 200 pages and the typeface in my copy okay. is like gigantic so i was like oh i remember this being longer when i was like 15 you know i yeah i don't yeah i haven't read it i think it was probably like 12 or 13 when i read it um yes we're also and doing housebound housebound our... for the bonus feed which will be coming out any minute now We'll, we'll get around to it. We're getting there. Rebecca's going out of town, and I just, like, don't know who I am anymore. But it's a fun movie, so if you guys have the capacity to watch it in advance, that was just, like, a really goofy, fun one. And next on the regular feed is going to be Psycho, the 1960s. Psycho. <laughs> cocky. So we're going to do some more mommy issues, our favorite thing to cover. Um, Everybody's and- a mommy. Yep. What would you like to fuck this week? Um, I'm going to say fuck letting white guys write and direct movies. Just yeah. fucking fuck it. Stop it. <sighs> yeah, fuck now. the mommy trope and fuck misogyny. And like, even when it's saying it's not misogynist, there's just like underlying misogyny and all the things. Um, so fuck that. Fuck cops. I guess, like, fuck the military, kind of, unless they're saving you in a chopper. I do, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't like being saved by the military. I I mean, somebody's got to do it, I guess. Somebody has to have a chopper. 
you know, I somebody's got to get to the chopper. It did feel very like sort of like Americans coming to save the day. But we also didn't see like any of the soldiers. If the like apartment complexes had like a community oriented response to this and not like right. this individualistic response that has you alone in your they apartment hallucinating, then maybe something would have been different and you wouldn't have needed the military or the cops. Everybody get on that phone and be like, hello, hello, is hello. there? I would literally be calling every single apartment. Might like, I have, have some Nutella? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's trade shit. Are you okay? You want to chat? I don't know. <laughs> so remember, you can't shit upwards and stay and, ugly. And get fucked. We love you so much. Kisses. Kisses.